We get to meet the quarterbacks competing with Jackson Dart for the quarterback position, and we have a juicy rumor about basketball that you probably will not hear anywhere else. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for tuning into the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. I hope everybody has a great Friday and a great weekend. But I do want to let you know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. You know, you can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So, Enjoy that, really. Anyway, the quarterbacks met the media after practice yesterday for the first time. So we got to hear from Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders. And here in just a second, you will hear from them too. My impressions of this, though, Spencer Sanders apparently, it kind of went down at Oklahoma State at the end like we assumed it did and we talked about for a couple of days over. He didn't want to talk to the media about it. But apparently it went down like that. And Walker Howard is already having a grasp and sounding like a starting quarterback normally supposed to supposed to do it. Also, it's a clip of video that came out yesterday of Jackson Dart, of him dropping back, throwing the ball on time to the tight end, Michael Trigg, over the middle of the field. It was a breath of fresh air. It was amazing. And if you've listened to this podcast at all, for the last two months. You know how big, big that pass was, and we're really excited about that. But Spencer Span Sanders and Walker Howard met the media. This is what they had to say. Uh, it's a good battle. You know, uh, Dart's a well-talented quarterback, so is, you know, Walker Howard. Obviously, them transferring here, too. Um, you know, I just, you know, just kind of what everybody's saying. You know, we probably have the most stacked quarterback room and probably across the country. And, you know, really, it only, at the end of the day, it's only going to make each other, you know, better. And, you know, we all love each other out there. You know, we got good relationships. So, it's good. I really love the offense at Ole Miss. It kind of reminds me of the offense I kind of ran in high school. A lot of tempo, kind of just spreading the ball, slinging it around. Um, yeah, I mean, it just the offense really did it. And the coaches around me, I mean, they did a great job when I came visit. And, I mean, I really fell in love with Oxford. Uh, you know, I've never ran from competition and, uh, you know, opportunity. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity here. You know, uh, Kiffin's a smart coach. Coach Wes is, you know, a very smart offense coordinator. we got a good team here, good players, you know. So, you know, I'm just excited. I mean, we, we all get along pretty well. I mean, we do a lot of uh, throwing outside of, you know, after workouts and stuff all together. And, you know, me, Spencer, and Jackson got along really well. I mean, they both helped me a lot just because they're two older guys. They they played, I mean, a lot of years in college, and um, they just, they've been just helping me a lot, and I mean, it's been great so far. Uh, you know, I really, uh, I haven't really got to throw to really all of them yet, uh, but I've seen them, you know, got a lot of talented guys out there. It's like I was just saying, the last question, you know, it's a lot of opportunity, uh, especially, you know, just even coming here. Um, you know, but obviously going back to the receivers, you know, um, I say there's a lot of opportunity just because, you know, we have so many great players that can make great plays. So it's just exciting, you know, just to see what's next. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a decision 
I kind of made the decision for myself. You know, I kind of just kind of made a selfish decision. You know, just had to, you have to get into be, being, try to be kind of selfish in those situations. And I kind of see what the best fit for me was. And I, I thought that was the best fit for, for me. And it's been great so far. And I don't regret it at all. I mean, it was very difficult to stay there for five years. You know, I have respect for the university. I love the university. I didn't have a problem, you know. Uh, just some, some things went sideways and we had to split ways. So I'd rather not discuss it to the media. Yeah, we got a lot of weapons. We got a lot of skilled guys. You know, the t t tight end room, uh, bringing in Caden in was big. You know, having a little guy in the box. But Trigg is a matchup. He is a slot matchup. I mean, we're gonna, he's going to do so well. I mean, our outside receivers are... They're just doing really well. Chris Marshall's coming along, but uh, we're going to keep pushing. But uh, receivers are they're in a good direction right now. All right. That was Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders who met the media for the first time. That was actually pretty cool to do that. Actually, that looked pretty good on my end. I'm kind of impressed with that. But I'm a little bit of a graphics nerd to begin with. So anytime something looks really good on TV, I'm a big fan of that because honestly – that was my role in local TV for many years was determining how things look and how you place them and stuff like that. And I mean, you just look around, you can, you can, you can see that I, I come from that, but Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders, a, my first impressions is Spencer Sanders is kind of fell into Ole Miss's lap. If, if this went down at Oklahoma state, like we think it did, Ole Miss just kind of got lucky and was kind of the, best seat available for him um, to continue playing college ball. He's not quite 100%. He's he's still in his 90s, but he's throwing the ball and acting like he's supposed to do it. So we're not going to overly count the injury process more than anybody else. Remember, Bo Wallace played with a hurt shoulder for four years. He was the starting quarterback at Ole Miss for four years. Spencer Sanders will be fine. The problem that Spencer Sanders has is that Walker Howard is immensely talented. If you read practice reports over the weekend and kind of started piecing together information from everybody, you see that Walker Howard has an elite arm, and he is an extremely talented player, and he is full-fledged competing for the quarterback job. And I'm, I am sticking after hearing both of them talk for the first time, I'm sticking to the plan that the starting quarterback, whoever wins it, the second backup quarterback will be Walker Howard. The third string quarterback will be the loser of the quarterback job, and that quarterback probably won't stay around very long. Although, if you look at the new transfer guidelines, it gets a little bit tricky. So it might be graduate or else for either, either one who loses that quarterback job. I mean, it's real interesting. I, I'm really excited to see where this goes over the next 13 practices. But Walker Howard, absolutely impressed in his press conference. Spencer Sanders, absolutely impressed. They said the right thing, things, but we'll see exactly how that goes. I'm still saying my leader in the clubhouse to be the starting quarterback. If we're doing rankings, like that's the big thing that you see around. My quarterback rankings right now is number one, Jackson Dart. Number two, Spencer Sanders. Number three, Walker Howard. That is, there might be a reason for us to change them, but that is where we sit right now. Should be really interesting. 
Um, anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about our subtext community. We're going to deliver a little bit of a basketball rumor that went out yesterday on that subtext community. And we're going to talk about other things that it is going to be used for. So that should be really cool as well. But first, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there's no better way to get on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Now, I realize that in Mississippi, it is required that you go to a brick-and-mortar casino to gamble on sports. But if you visit Tennessee, if you visit Louisiana, you know, Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, road trip to Nashville, Knoxville, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, heck, even over the river in Delta, Louisiana, you can use the FanDuel app and then you'll be able to bet on point spreads and which team will be cutting down the net and all of that stuff. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, tonight, the Lady Rebels play. Check them out on Locked On Women's College Basketball. That's another podcast that you can go. Basically, if there's any type of podcast out there that you would be interested in about sports, check out the Locked On Network. We probably have it. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Locked On Tigers lately. Um, and I have the host coming on the show next week to do an extra video that's like a sequel to my Detroit Tigers video I did a couple of weeks back. So that'll be interesting as well. Not really Ole Miss based, but it's kind of a fun thing that's just I, I am getting to do. All right. So we are a member of the subtext community. We have a subtext. And what that is is a messaging system that you can sign up for and subscribe to and have information sent directly to you, okay? And the hard part for us is trying to figure out how it is going to be valuable for you. So what we're going to do, I do not break a ton of news, but I am involved in a network to where every now and then I hear some stuff. So I will put that rumor stuff out. I will not put it on Twitter like I used to. I will, I will not do, put it on here normally either it's going to go to that subtext community and people that want stuff like that they can get stuff like that and i'll give you an example right here this is the one that went out yesterday but 
A rumor went out the Locked On Kansas person reached out to me to see if I heard anything on my end about the possibility of Matthew Morrell entering the portal or if this was just smoke on his end. He's a name that is being talked about in Kansas. At the minimum, I think we need to have our antenna up over the next few weeks on this story. That is the type of stuff I am doing. I, I'm, I'm going to... You know, little pieces and nuggets of information. I'm not in the business of reporting news. I'm not trying to be first. I, that has not changed. But if I hear something, I think I can give some value for people just by putting out what I hear. So we're putting that out there. The other thing we are doing is the subtext community will become the sole place where you can go to interact with the show. And what I mean by interact with the show, if you have a question, you can text us direct. You can go into our viewer mailbags, which is, you know, an example of it here. We got a question, will Caden Costa be back this year? And the answer to that is yes. His, his suspension ended right before the Egg Bowl. I fully expect him to be back and to be a really good kicker because that's just the way it goes. Now, the real question will be, will Lane Kiffin take field goals? We'll see exactly how that goes. But... This is an example of what the viewer mailbag will look like. Now, another thing that we are going to do, and this is once our subscriber base gets up, we're going to do subscriber-only live streams. And if you're a subscriber and you want to participate, basically an unlisted link will go out directly over subtext to where you can watch. And that link, you can go in there, you can chat away, you can ask questions. We'll go do back and forth in probably 15 or 20 minutes. We experimented with it earlier in the year. Trolls kind of took it over. But this is a way that we can eliminate trolls as well. Um, so that is another way we are looking to bring that out. And there's so much stuff changing on my end. Um we have access apparently now to sell memberships to the YouTube channel. I'm not doing that at the moment because I don't know exactly how I can do that and if it will contradict what I'm doing on subtext or anything like that. I'm trying to figure that out, but we have until football season to get it done. And that's going to be important. But I'm telling you, this subtext community is a little bit of a game changer. It just We're going to experiment on it. We're going to find things that work. Right now, like I said, we're getting nuggets whenever we get them. That's not very often. Um, the podcast links are going up there. Um, and like five things that we were looking for in spring. Stuff like that is going on the subtext community at the moment. And I tell people all the time, it's like, hey, it's five bucks a month. Um, if you like what we're doing podcast wise, you can look at it as a monthly tip, um, to where you can kind of contribute and do what you need to do. Um, but we are going to try and give you value for that money. We're going to give you extra things that other people are not going to receive. Um, so that, that, that explains our subtext community a little bit. Our, the description of it is down in the description. I mean, the link is down in the description. There's also pinned on my profile page on Twitter, which you can see the address right below. So you can do that, sign up. I mean, it'd be fantastic. Like I said, don't expect an over amount of stuff, but do expect something because we do want it to be valuable for you and make it kind of worth your while. So it is what it is. 
The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the double chocolate bar, period. I mean, it's just fantastic. And if you want the double double chocolate bar to win, you can vote for it as well. Support your team. Support your bar or puff. So you can do your bracket. You can do your puff. You can do your bar. whatever Whatever you want to do, you can do. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Seriously, get the double chocolate. It's really good. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. That's freaking fantastic. You've got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Ever seriously, they're so American, so amazing. They you won't even think they're good for you. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, covered with a hundred percent real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puffs and pick up a box while you're there. Why not? You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Sign up or subscribe to YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications. Of course, comment down below and upvote the video itself. And, of course, you can look up in the corner where it says join our subtext community. Um, Do that as well. The link is in the description. I'm here with Derek Vandegrift. The number three Florida Gators come to Oxford to take on the number 13 Ole Miss Rebels. And that was a little bit different number last week. Let's, so that Vandy series kind of stunk, didn't it? What, what happened there? Uh, yeah, you know, I actually put a lot of what happened last week in Nashville on my offense, right? You know, we, we didn't really hit enough to even give ourselves a chance to be competitive. Uh, you know, Thursday night, the first game when, you know, Jack Doherty went and all that, you know, it – it wasn't really out of hand until later. Mitch Morrell came in. I think it was, uh, what, four or five to two, something like that at that point. And uh, he actually held them at bay for two or three innings there and gave us a chance. And, and you know, the bats just never got going. And by the time Mitch Morrell kind of ran out of gas and, and gave up a few runs, well, the game was over at that point. So then you go ahead and use arms like Kimbrell and Mason Morris and guys like that to – to not burn up your bullpen to hopefully have uh, nickels and guys like that later on in the weekend in a more competitive game to be able to close it out. And, uh, you know, then the Friday game came around. And, man, that that Hunter Owens, he was just absolutely nails Friday against us, dude. We didn't have anything for him. Uh, A complete game shutout, uh, 10Ks, 11Ks, something like that. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. And, so the offense never really gave us a chance on Friday night either. And then the same thing on, on Sunday with Revis. You know, I, I thought he pitched okay there for a little while. And, uh, you know, you end up getting nickels and those guys in the game. But, you know, you score four runs in a three-game set. You're, you're not going to be very competitive, uh, especially against a team like Vanderbilt. I mean, they're, they're, they pitch the hell out of the ball. It's what they do. And, you know, you even sent me a message. They did turn into the 27 Yankees there for a little bit of a spell there on – on Thursday against us. So, uh, you know, Thursday was a little bit of tough luck, a little bit of good luck at the same time. You know, Bradfield, 
hits it right there to shot and you're right you know and it was a tough play but it's a play that we've seen him make over and over again that was his first error in over a year and puts him on base and then that's just havoc all over the place but then you get the the hard liner to first base down the line that Calarco catches you get the double play and get out of the inning and uh, after that I thought it was a lot of bad luck for Jack Doherty after that quite frankly uh, you had a lot of uh, bloop singles and numbers, stuff like that, squeaking through on a shift and uh, just, just getting through the infield outside of that absolute laser that was hit in the fourth or fifth inning, whatever that was, two or three run homer. Uh, that one got out maybe in record time. That thing was absolutely smoked. But, you know, there there, there was a lot of dribblers and bloopers and stuff on, on Jack that kind of contributed to all the traffic and base runners there on Thursday. And I thought that was a little bit of bad luck. Uh Sonia, I thought, pitched really well for four innings, right? I mean, he, he kind of controlled the game there on Friday for us. And, you know, he, he runs out of gas. That's kind of uh, kind of where he's at right now. You know, he you always see him hit a wall in the fourth or fifth inning, somewhere in that range. Uh, but, but I thought he looked really sharp leading up to that. I thought that might have been a place that you would have seen JT Quinn come in that weekend and uh you know another young freshman with really good stuff kind of comparable comparable to Sonia he's got the big fastball and the really good slider uh and and the changeups really worked for him well this year too so I, I thought maybe that's where you would see him at uh to kind of bridge those two guys to make a full game out of the two of them uh but you know didn't really work out that way and uh like I said the offense just really let us down four runs over three games and uh, that's not something you expect. Uh, the only person that did hit was Calvin Harris. Apparently, he's absolutely immune to slumps. He just hits everything thrown across the plate. Uh, he's absolutely incredible. So, it was nice to see him keep it going and all. But, you know, had that game against Arkansas Pine Bluff Tuesday and ended up putting up 11 runs. So, hopefully, that busted some of those guys out of it. And they're sure going to need it because they've got one hell of a task ahead of them with the uh, Florida Gators rolling in town. They can really pitch the ball. Yeah, um, tell me what I need to know about the Florida Gators. I think um, their big player, uh, Wyatt Langford, is not going to play in this series, and you can per- you could perhaps tell everybody why he is not going to play. Uh, but yeah, tell me about the Gators. Uh, yeah, man. Again, it's a team that really pitches the ball well, and and uh, Saturday is a guy that we've seen before. Let let me start with Friday, Brandon Sprout. You know, I, I don't know if you were able to see any of the game last weekend against Alabama, but he absolutely dominated the Tide. Uh, complete game shutout, 11 strikeouts, I think is what it was. Uh, he's a guy with a really big fastball and that big breaking ball that just keeps you off balance a little bit, right? And when you're sitting there gear, gearing up for the big heavy fastball, then – uh, you, you throw that slider in there and, and, you know, you're just swinging over the top of it. Uh, but he's, he's been really good this year. He's a right-handed junior. So it'd be nice to see a right-hander on the mound after facing three lefties last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a righties four and with the 273 ERA. Like I said, really, really good stuff. 43 strikeouts in 29 and two thirds innings. Um, and then that's kind of a theme with this Florida pitching staff. They're a very, high K pitching staff. They strike a lot of folks out, a lot of big arms. Uh, so that's that's going to be a heck of a task force Friday. He's, he's only allowing a 126 opponent batting average. Uh, that's incredibly low for people that don't know what, what that stat means for a starting pitcher. Uh, but he can be a little wild. So that's one thing. If, if, if he can get a little wild, he's got 14 walks so far this year, but he's already got seven hit batters in five starts. Uh, you know, he's, he, he tries to run that fastball in on you and tries to get it up in on your hands. 
And I, I think that's what contributes to the hit by pitch. And he's got four wild pitches too. So he can be a little wild when Saturday rolls around. Rebel fans are going to have themselves flashback to the Super Regional because that is Hurston Waldrop, the kid from Southern Miss. You know, on okay. we, uh, yeah, yeah, we, what was it, the Saturday? It was the second game of the Super Regional. I think it was Saturday. No, 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 that's right. He he opened it up. That's what it was. He yeah. opened it up and they moved their ace to the second game. Uh, really, really good slider and changeup. That's what gave us such fits. I mean, he's got a big fastball, too. Uh, to keep keep guys off balance, but but the slider and the changeup was what really really sets him apart, uh, and and it gave us fits down there in Hattiesburg, you know, until we finally locked in on him a little bit, uh, and then we were able to get some runs and end up running away with that one, obviously. But yeah, he transferred from Southern Miss. He's the Saturday starter for Florida now, uh, three and one, a four ERA, again, forty seven strikeouts in twenty seven innings, a very high volume strikeout pitcher, uh, but from the right handed side. So that's that's good for us. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we've hit righties a little better than lefties so far this year. Maybe that's recency bias based off of last weekend. Uh, but then Sunday you get maybe the best player in the entire country. The guy's going to win the player of the year award. Jack, let me see if I can get this right. Caglione, I believe is how you say that. Uh, <clears throat> big kid. He also plays first base for him. We're, we're about to get to him in a little bit from the hitting side. But a big, big sophomore lefty. Uh, he's three and zero. He throws at ninety-eight miles an hour consistently from the left side, and he's just a big, intimidating force up on the mound. Uh, three twenty ERA, thirty-two strikeouts, and twenty-five innings. I mean, he's he's been really, really good. Control's been good. Uh, he's he's not super wild with it. You know, he'll walk a batter here and there. Uh, but he's a really, really good Sunday pitcher in this league. And then when he's playing primarily first base, when he pitches, I believe he DHs for him. Uh, but that's that's where he is a a real menace when he gets that aluminum bat in his hands. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk about the lineup beside Castellone. I, I'm probably butchering his name. Um, who else Caglione. they have? On, yeah, Caglione. Who else they have on that yeah. side of the ball? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they might end up having the best freshman in the country playing second base for them right now, Cade Curlin. Uh, if it's not him, it's that kid from Georgia. Uh, but Cade, he's he's hitting 386, uh, an 1196 OPS, seven home runs already this year. He's He's been absolutely on fire. Very good defensively, too. Like, that's, that's one thing you're going to consistently see in the SEC this year when I started poking around. Everybody is so good up the middle. If you're not good up the middle, then you're not going to be a good defensive team. That's one thing they have. Uh, but but that freshman's really showing out and then kind of staying with that up the middle, shortstop. How many times have we talked about all the good shortstops we've played so far this year? And we're getting another one coming up this weekend. He's a junior, Josh Rivera, and he is absolutely torching the ball right now. He's hitting 417, 1336 OPS, 10 bombs. He's hitting absolutely everything in sight, and he's hitting everything hard. Um, and, and, again, really good defensively. And when you have that kind of pitching staff with those guys playing behind them, it makes it really tough. But they've those two guys have been really good, along with Jack Caglione. Uh, they have a center fielder, Michael Robertson. He's hitting over 300. Uh, they've got, I think, five or six players hitting over 300 so far this year. Uh, one thing they do really well, they don't do it a whole lot, 
but but they do steal bases at a really high clip. It's an 84% success rate for them stealing bases right now. Michael Robertson's one of the guys that contributes to that. He's five for seven so far on the year. Plays a really good center field, and he gets on base. He's, uh, I think he's walked 17 times and struck out 10 on the year. You know, in, anytime you can walk more than you strike out, you're going to have a really high on base percentage, and a guy that can cause havoc on the bases like he can, uh, getting on base is a big deal. Uh, Josh Rivera, going back to him for a second, he actually leads their team in steals along with that 417 average and 10 home runs. He's six for seven so far on the year. So he's he's doing everything for him right now, just like Jack Caglione is. Uh, he's just doing it in a little different way. He's not doing it on the mound, but he's doing it defensively at the plate and on the base paths too. So that's that's one thing we got to look for. Calvin Harris is – I. I actually thought he was doing fine controlling the running game a little bit so far this year until I actually saw the numbers, and he has struggled throwing out runners a little bit. I think it's uh, 85% success rate for stolen base stealers so far this year. Um, and, you know, we were going up against another really good catcher, you know, this weekend. It seems to be another thing, you know, that that we've been doing so far this year, BT. Riapello, he's uh, a senior. He's hitting 310, 312, something like that for him. But he's four for four in stolen bases. So it's not somebody you can completely discount when he's able to get on base. So, uh, you know, the really the top half of this lineup, maybe a little further down, is, is pretty solid. Uh, once you get down to the lower part of the lineup with the regulars, you're talking about, you know, still 260 to 280 hitters. Nothing that bad, obviously. Uh, but when you're talking about guys hitting 417, 380, stuff like that, you know, it's it does sound a little bit worse. But, yeah, it's definitely something you've got to keep an eye on, one through nine with this lineup. And, and again, that pitching staff is just incredible. Yeah, that's the Florida Gators. Um, first game tonight, Friday night, um, yeah. on SEC Network Plus. Hey, before we get out of here, Ole Miss's pitching has, what's the word, become a little bit thin. Yeah, that's um, good yeah, and you know, I think it's like Parento. I I I know I'm butchering yeah, the Parento. Yeah, that's and right. That it's just that's the fourth pitcher that is missing time of an already yeah. depleted staff. Mm-hmm. How how do we deal with this? Yeah, you know, I I think you kind of get through this weekend with the same plan that you have. If things keep going this way, like you know, if we end up going through this three game set and nothing's really changed, these guys haven't grown up a little bit. I wouldn't be super opposed to mixing it up a little bit. And it's kind of hard to figure out how you could mix it up uh, because you don't have a lot of arms, right? Like, that's that's the thing. It's not like past seasons where you can just pull a guy. Well, I mean, just take Doug Nikhazy, for example. You know, he, he didn't come out starting his freshman year, but then we ended up having a hole on Sunday, and he pitched so good in the midweek, stuff like that. They ended up throwing him in there, and he just kept shoving, shoving, shoving. That's what he did his entire career in Oxford. Uh, we, we don't have that guy. So I think you have to sit there and wonder how you can mix and match some of these arms to get through the 27 outs and the best way to do it. Um, it sounds weird, but until you get Hunter Elliott and Riley Maddox back to bolster not only the bullpen but the starting rotation, if you told me that you were to move, say, Revis to Friday, make him your ace, and then – Quinn and Sonia be your other two starters and put Doherty back in the bullpen. Well, now you're talking about being able to shorten the game so much between Nichols, Doherty. Um, I, I've actually liked what I've seen out of Morrell this year. 
the the results haven't really been there, but man, that that slider is going to play. It's a really really good slider. Um, and then Takuian, if if you can load up your bullpen with these arms, then you don't have to get length out of these starting pitchers, which is something we're absolutely not getting right now. But with Doherty being in our starting rotation, we don't have those arms to come out of the pen to cover a three game set. You know, say you get uh, you know. With Revis, say you get five innings out of him on a Friday night. You know, you're you're obviously undermanned because he's not a standard SEC ace, right? But if you can get four or five innings out of him, well, then you can bring Jack Doherty in to piggyback him. And you know you can get a good three to four innings out of him. Yeah, he's burned for the weekend, but you were able to pair up two of your better pitchers on the prime night in SEC on Friday nights. And then you go into Saturday, say if you keep Sonia there or if you move JT Quinn in, then you can piggyback him with, you know, Morrell and Nichols or Takuian and Morrell, Nichols, Takuian, something like that. Well, then all of a sudden you're finding a way to possibly take two games out of a three-game set, which is what you're trying to do. You want to win series right now, uh, at least until you're able to get more arms, until you can get Hunter Elliott back, maybe Riley Maddox. And if you get those two arms back, well, now you've got a little more flexibility with, uh, you know, Elliott on Friday nights. Well, then you can start piggybacking and pairing guys on Saturday as opposed to Friday and kind of stretching this thing out a little bit. So, uh, you know, I, I think if things start going the way they've gone so far this year, this weekend, then maybe you start looking at it. Quinn threw, what, three innings, I think it was, on Tuesday night, something like that. Uh, so, so that tells you that he's probably got a big role coming up this weekend, I would think. And, and I'm, I'm sure Mike's thinking of the piggyback role for him off of one of these starting pitchers. I just don't know which one it would be. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, there's a Locked On Women's College Basketball. Good luck tonight to Coach Yo in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Big week, big weekend for Ole Miss football. First open scrimmage tomorrow. So, um, thank you very much for stopping by, Derek. I know it's a day later than we normally do it, but we had to, we had to, we had to do some Sweet 16 things, bud. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I get it, man. Yeah. Anyway, take care, buddy, and um, I'll talk to you next week. All right, bud. Hi, Toddy. Howdy, Toddy. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.